since we are in these last days, I think what we need is resilience. We need to learn how to be resilient. The ability to bounce back. Some of us are like rubber bands. We've been stretched so far that we ain't, we're not coming back. We're just going to stay like that. <laughs> A rubber band's supposed to come back. That's resilience. Amen. And I, I want to preach resilience, and I know that's not the word up there. It's the title of the series, and we'll get into that word a little bit later. But, but today I want to talk about a word I never heard before until the movie came out, revenant, that we need to be the revenant. Uh-huh. And I'll explain that in a minute. But we're living in a time. How many know there's a difference between camels and horses? You, you can ride both. Horses, I think, maybe go faster. But in the desert, which would you prefer? You'd rather have a camel because a camel could go maybe a 1,000 miles before it needs another drink of water. Horses need more water than you do. <laughs> and, and here's the thing about horses. When they get tired, you'll know it. Horses will gradually, they're like, all right, enough. Get off my back. Uh, you know, I'm tired. And they'll slow down and they'll get, you know, eh. and uh, so you know when you've kind of wore your horse out, you need to get off, you need to feed them, they need to get some water. A camel, you'll never know that you're wearing the camel out until he completely runs out of water and then he just collapses. There's no warning. He's just like, boom. He's down. No warning. He's out. And it reminds me, you know, I, I, I lead the, the sabbatical ministry for like the, the 200 churches of God in, in Ohio, and we try to get pastors to get out there, and I meet with them over and over again, and they're not, you know, I'm thinking about a sabbatical, and I could just look at them, and I, I just tell them, you know what, you're stressed, but you don't know it. You're already way too far stressed. And you're not going to know it until it's too late. And that's why we're, since COVID, we've seen a record, record number of pastors retiring, quitting the ministry every single month. I mean, way more than before. And it used to be 1500 a month. Now it's more. A lot more. They're just... You know, COVID just, how many know COVID took a lot out of us? And I'm thankful for a church, like God said this morning, that is anointed in its place. And we were able to come back and be refreshed. And even in our caves, God met with us. I I believe, I, I I just feel like, I just feel like most of us have been taught and discipled to such a degree that we were able to be okay. How many would agree with that? We were okay in the caves for as long as we had to be there. It was good to be back, but we, we, you know, a lot of churches, half the church never came back. And you wonder if you had them in, had them in the first place. You wonder if they were discipled at all. 
They just decided, I'll just worship at St. Mattress, and I'm good with that. They'll never say, I'm not a Christian. They just stopped acting like one. And God be the judge. We have to be careful that we don't just push and push and push until like a camel we just collapse. Sometimes we see the signs. Sometimes we don't see the signs because we're tough. (laughs) We're tough. There's a difference between being tough and knowing how to access the strength of the Holy Ghost. There's a big difference there. How many know what I'm talking about? In fact, Jesus picks up the message that we need to endure until the end. He knew pressure was coming. Oh, my God. This, this film was made in 2015, The Revenant. I think we have a little clip of it. But let, let me just set it up. This, this guy, uh, uh, Glass, his name is Hugh Glass. It was in 1823 based on a true story. Went out with these bunch of trappers in the Dakotas. Uh, this is early on in the trapping years. And they went out into this wilderness, and he gets, he goes off doing something. After, I watched this movie a long time ago. I should have watched it again. But it's so, it's so gory. I, <laughs> I, I still see that bear chewing on his head, and I just can't get that picture out of my head. But, but um, he goes off, and he gets attacked by a bear, and uh, they find him, and he's almost dead. I mean, he's, his head's crushed. His, I mean, his body, it's all tore up, and he's near death, but they've got to go. They can't stay there. It's going to take weeks for him to recover. And they said, well, or, or at least day, well, actually, they made up their mind he was going to be dead within a few hours. But they had to go. So they asked for volunteers, we'll pay you double if you'll stay with him. Well, the one guy went off a little bit, and the other guy faked it and said he died. He said, oh, he died, let's get out of here, but he wasn't dead. They left him, figured he'd die. How many of us have been left sometimes? Mm Mm-hmm. Amen. And we got to make it on our own. And everyone just thought he would die and they would get their money and everything would be fine. But guess what? I mean, he is, he's Leonardo DiCaprio. He lived. He needs to make more movies. He lives. He had, you know, it rained and he got some water and he had little scraps of food on his body and, and, he, and he got a strength back a little bit. He crawls out of the hole and he goes through all these adventures and it's winter in the, in the Dakotas and, and he's, oh my God. And there's Indians and there's wild animals and the wolves and, and, he, and he, he goes through all this and he gradually gets stronger and stronger. He finally gets back to the fort and they find, he finds out the guy that betrayed him had just left with his money, and he goes after him, and you know what happens. He gets his revenge. But everyone was, everyone was shocked, and they called him the revenant. And that word revenant from the Middle Ages, it means simply a person who returns, one returning from a long absence. That's, that, that's all it is. In fact, in the Middle Ages, they began to use the term if, if they thought someone was a ghost, that someone had come back from the dead as a ghost, they called it a revenant ghost, that someone had come back from the dead. 
a lot of us, a lot of people have seemingly come back from the dead. We've come back from a horrible situation. But the church is going to heal and it's going to make it. <laughs> We're not down. We haven't lost anyone. We've gained 60 or 70 families since COVID started. Since COVID started, we've gained that many families. God, this is an anointed place. God is doing a work. We weren't doing anything then that we weren't doing before. It was just God. You know, y'all know what I'm saying. Many of you are sitting here this morning. God's in charge of the church if we'll let him be in charge of the church. Quit operating in our strength, but his strength. We have to be careful. And I know, I know you're well taught. I know your discipleship. But we, we sometimes, you ever see these, these National Geographics, where, you know, you get, you get these huge, um, um, uh, herds of caribou or something. They're, they're going across. They got their, they got their um, what's that called? The little thing up in the air to film it. Duh. A drone. <laughs> Apparently the last two weeks have done me no good at all. My, my brain is as foggy now as a <laughs> Some things don't fix age, you know. It just don't. But the drone is up there in the air, and you see this beautiful herd of caribou, and they're grazing, and they're moving along. And then the, and then the drone looks way in the back and separated from the pack. There's a little young caribou just kind of roaming around, roaming around, and you hear this voice. <laughs> and the injured calf is now dangerously separated from the herd. And then you see wolves like We have to stay connected. Doesn't matter if something hurts your feelings. We got to stay. Doesn't matter if you, they didn't sing your favorite song. We got to stay. Doesn't matter if you're not, in, not doing what you want to do. We got to stay connected. Because the enemy will find that one that's not connected. I've told this story so many times about the pastor who visited this member of his that hadn't been in church in several weeks, and, and he had a fire going, and, he, and the pastor sat down on the hearth and began to talk to him. And as he talked to him, he took a stick out of the fire and laid it off to the side. The guy, no, what's he up to? And the fire just kept burning, but what happened to the stick? Eventually, the fire went out, and just a little bit of smoke coming off it. Finally, the, the guy couldn't handle it anymore. Pastor, what in the world are you doing? Why did you pull that stick out of my fire? He said, that stick is you. And every time you pull out of the fire, it's just something about a fire. It needs other sticks. It's hard to start a fire with one log. It's called Thursday night. It's hard to start a fire when there's just 40 people in here. But God did it anyway. Come on, it works that way. It helps to have, amen, it sometimes helps for you not to sit all by yourself in the corner somewhere. Go find somebody that's on fire and sit right next to them. You might get elbowed, but hallelujah. Everybody hearing what I'm saying? 
We need each other. We're made for each other. We're, he didn't leave an individual saved person. He left the church. When he left, he left a church. And we need to be the church and not that caribou that's all disconnected. Matthew chapter 10. I better read some scripture. Matthew 10, 22, and you'll be hated by all for my name's sake, but he who to the will be saved. Oh, I am saved. Well, there's, there's going to be saved, there is saved, and there's going to be saved. You're all three. I know you're saved, but honestly, you don't know if your name's in the book. You can backslide. And he knows the end result. That's why he knows who's in the book and who's not in the book. Come on. Predestination by, by foresight. He knows ahead of time. But I'm here to tell you, I'm not here to plant doubt in your mind. You know it in your heart. But he that endures, you have to endure. You can't quit. You can't go back. You can't let go. You have to endure unto the end. And they are the ones that will be saved. Matthew 24 and uh, verse, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Matthew 24 and verse 10. And, and then many will be offended. Oh, Jesus. He didn't shake my hand. Oh, my God. I don't think he's even talking about that. They'll betray one another, hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. You know what the problem with deception is? You don't know when you're being deceived. And because lawlessness, how many know they're trying to change the laws? Lawlessness will abound. The love of many will grow cold. Verse 13, 14. But he who endures to the end shall be Saying this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Ah, you know that's exactly this is why another reason we're so blessed. Far flung tin can. That's what they do. They go places that no one else has gone. Those tribes on those floating islands, they've been a they've been a society to themselves for four thousand years and never heard Jesus. And now there's a church on one of those floating islands. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> it's hard to escape the gospel when you live on an island that little. <laughs> Some of their islands as big as this building, right? You put a church on it, you get it, you get everyone's attention. Come on. Part of the nicest building on the thing. Okay. Are you are you still with me? So the question is, and I'll be brief, how do we endure? Three things real quick. Number one, number one, stop. Stop. It's interesting, the word for Sabbath literally means to stop. When it said God rested on the seventh day, that's what he's really saying is God just stopped. He was done, and he rested. Sabbath means to stop. Sometimes we just, you know, they say if you're lost in the woods, don't go running around. Because the more you run around, the, the more disconnected you come from where, you, where they think you are, and, and you're just going to get more lost. Just stay put, and they'll come to you, right? 
Sometimes you need to just stop and say, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know who to talk to. So I'm planting my feet right here in the name of Jesus. You come find me. How many know he'll come find you if you'll just stop running? Uh, Luke 21 and verse 16 you sh- you'll be betrayed even by parents and brothers, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death, and you will be hated by all uh, for my name's sake. But not a hair of your head shall be lost. Some of you, that scripture's sailed. That's so wrong. So <laughs> By your... Uh, but not a hair on your arm shall be lost. <laughs> By your patience, possess your souls. Wow. By your patience, in all that, by your patience, possess your souls. Patience shall possess. That word patient means to stay under, to remain, to bear trials to have fortitude, to persevere, to abide, endure, to take it patiently. Wow. Wow. And that word possess means to acquire or purchase. And when I read that, I thought, oh, that reminds me of the ten virgins and the five that took the time to buy some oil. Church, buy some oil. Salvation is free, but you want oil. You, you, there's a price. You need to buy some oil so that when the Lord comes back, you're not looking for something you've lost, something you haven't kept up on because your prayer life has died and everything about you has died. And now the Lord's blowing the trumpet. And you're, you're you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know, who goes in the rapture and who doesn't? But let me, let me just say this. All ten were virgins, but only five got in. How many know we need to stay under the presence, oil for the lamp? My God. Number two. Number two. Just stop. Number two, be calm. Just stay calm. I don't know how many pastors I heard while we were there. They just said, it's just one thing after another. It's been crazy what we've been through. I I can't believe I'm still standing. Well, you you better believe that's all you got here. Been through so much, and sometimes you just have to be calm. And the Lord began to give me, give me scriptures. I don't know that I even need to preach these. Let me, let me, they're, they're brief. First Peter 4 and 7, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, say, therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. Come on. Stay calm. Just get into your prayer closet and be serious and watchful. First Samuel chapter 12, verse 7. I had forgotten about this scripture. Now, therefore, stand still that I may reason with you. The Lord says, I'll tell you how to get out of this mess if you'll just stop panicking. 
if you'll just stop running, if you'll just stop trying to fix it. He said, just stand still and I'll talk to you. Come, let us reason together. He said, I'll talk to you about all the righteous acts of the Lord, which he did to you and your fathers. I, I'm, I'm basically, I guess I could say, I guess I could say I'm a first-generation Christian for the most part. I'm hoping my ancestors made it. But I was one that broke that, that thing, you know, and, and really, really served the Lord like the Scriptures tell us to. But some of you are, you know, some of you, I, I pastored five generations. Yes, I'm that old. <laughs> but that first generation was really old when I came, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of you, four generations. <laughs> and sometimes God just pulls you away and says, look what I did for your parents. Look how I blessed your grandparents. Look how I, got to, how I took care of your great-grandparents. I took care of all of them, which made it possible for you to be serving me today. Sometimes you just need to remember how good God is. The church has survived 2,000 years through everything imaginable. And here we are. Stand still so I can reason with you. You know this verse, Psalm 46 and verse 10. Be still and know. You can't know if you don't get still. Until you calm yourself and be still and quiet. Sometimes our prayer is just, just yelling at God for an hour. And sometimes you just need to be quiet. I don't know if it's you, but there's times I've just spent an hour just in silence. Just maybe speaking in tongues sometimes. And just saying, I don't know, I'm just at that place where it's more important for me to hear from God than to talk to God. Is that, is that weird? I, I don't know. But I, I just feel like I need to spend more time listening to what he says. He already knows what I need. I'm not saying it's wrong to pray that way. I'm just saying sometimes you need to be still and know that he is God. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. Now, now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you, not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us as through as though the day of Christ has already come. They were preaching in Thessalonica that the Lord had already come. <laughs> Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day, capital D, will not come unless the falling away. I wonder if we're experiencing that now. The falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. Wow. Number three, be strong. I'm not talking about your physical strength. I'm not talking about your emotional strength. I'm not talking about you you know, people say, you know, you know, be strong. In other words, that's something you do. I'm not talking about you doing it. 
I'm talking about pulling up what is already in you, which is the Lord. He is your strength. This is hard to get a hold of, and until you have a spiritual revelation, you won't understand it. But sometimes you need to speak to your soul. You need to prophesy to yourself, be strong. How do I explain this? It has nothing to do with you physically or emotionally. It has to do with the Holy Spirit in you. You speak spirit to spirit. You prophesy to your spirit, not your soul. Got that? You prophesy to your spirit, be strong. And all of a sudden, you're strong physically, you're strong mentally, you're strong emotionally because your spirit, man, I'll never forget. How many, how many of you know there are times in your life where you really remember a lesson learned? Amen. I remember when I learned this lesson powerfully. It was way, it was way back, I think it was just before we moved in this building, so it's been 22 years ago. But uh, I learned my lessons well. I've still got it. I don't, know, I don't know if some of you remember. A lot of you probably remember Mother Murphy, Bernice Murphy. Y'all remember her? What a saint of God. And uh, she, she, I believe she was the first, first black lady to, to risk <laughs> coming here with all us white folk. And, uh, and she was very tied, very tied to her community. But she felt like the Lord was, was bringing her here for a purpose, to help with reconciliation and so forth. So she came. And what a saint she was. And she was going through a lot of stuff, a lot of family stuff and, and financial stuff and health. And, and she was at home. She couldn't get to church. I went by the house to visit her. And when I saw her, before I greeted her, something came up in my spirit. And I just pointed at her in the name of the Lord. And I said, be strong. And she picked up what I meant. And if you know Mother Murphy, she's the original helicopter. Bless her heart. She got that in her spirit, and immediately all her situations began to turn around. Amen. She understood. My spirit spoke to her spirit, and I prophesied to her spirit, be strong. The strength you need is in you already. Just speak to it and call it up. She went home to be with the Lord years after that. Strength, strength, strength. Luke 21, verse 34. Are you still here? But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, cares of this life, and that capital D day come on you unexpectedly. Hello, five virgins. For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the earth. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape. And that word worthy, when you look it up, it means be counted strong enough is really what it's saying in, in the Greek, that you may be counted strong enough to escape. 
The strength God gives you is not a passive strength. It's an aggressive strength. It's a military strength. The strength he gives you is the strength you need, not just to endure, but the strength you need to break out and escape. Come on and praise him. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. All these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Reminds me of that scripture, the gates of hell will not prevail. And I know people think about that as aggressively or defensively, that the gates of hell won't won't prevail against you. How many of you have ever been attacked by a gate? That's not what it's saying. It's saying the gates of hell will not prevail. It's saying when you attack hell, its gates won't prevail. Are are you getting what I'm saying? We're not just trying to survive. Strength to escape, to break out, to attack the enemy, to go into hell and take back what the enemy has stolen from us. Amen. That's the strength that God's going to give you. My God, hallelujah. Daniel 7 and Verse 25, he, he, the enemy, shall speak pompous words, shall persecute the saints of the Most High, and shall intend to change times and laws. Shall persecute the saints and shall intend to change laws and times. Then the saint shall be given into his hand. There is, there is that period for a time and time and times to have. Some people think they're, they're talking about, you know, part of the tribulation there. But the point is, sometimes, sometimes the Lord allows you to be in his hands. Because he knows you can make it and he knows you'll come out better for it. Stronger for it. My God. Hello, Job. And he came out, everything, everything doubled, everything doubled. For a time and times and half a time. And watch this, because the scriptures say in Daniel that with pompous words, the attack on the church today, the attack on our mind is words. How many know there's there's lies? And they figure if they say the lie often enough that we that people will finally accept it. And they'll just sit there and smile and lie to you and lie and the enemy is wearing out the saints. I, I, I forgot to get that scripture up there, but you know it from Daniel. That in the last days, his, his goal is to wear out the saints. That's the kind of persecution we're facing. He's trying to get us to the place where we don't want to pray anymore. He wants to get us to the place where we're so weary, we don't want to get up anymore. We don't want to go to 
church anymore. We, we don't want to be around Christians anymore. We're just, we're just over it. We're just tired. Am I talking to anyone? Have you ever been there? If you'll just get up, get going, just endure until the end. Call up that strength within you. Don't let, listen, if you've got to shut the TV off, shut it off. You don't have to know what's going on in the world. Oh, i got to be warned. No, no, you don't need to be warned about anything. You just need to stay in the spirit. In fact, you're going to be better off if you would spend that time in the spirit realm and know what God's doing in the spirit realm that doesn't lie, that encourages and strengthens you, rather than be, be, have the life sucked out of you from all the media channels. Amen. I believe God will warn you. I believe you'll hear the trumpet on the day of the rapture if you get your nose out of the TV and out of Facebook. And get your face in the book. He's going to try to kill us and wear us out with words like he did Jesus in the desert. But Jesus says, have I got a word for you. It is written. And the devil's like, all right, let me try it again. Let me try it again. Right? Second Chronicles chapter 16. I love this scripture. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth, showing off, showing himself strong. On behalf of those whose heart is loyal. We don't preach much about loyalty. Not to me, not to the church, to Jesus. To show himself strong, whose heart is loyal. In this you have done foolishly. Therefore, from now on you shall have wars. Let me tell you, I'm going to tell you the, the absolute truth during all of COVID. I never stressed one time from somebody trying to tell me, you need to do this, or you need to do that, or I don't like that. Not one time. I didn't hear that one time from anybody. And I knew everyone had different opinions. But we put Jesus first and trusted that the, that the good Lord would take us through this no matter what. And we stood by each other and prayed for each other. Amen. We made thousands of calls and stayed in touch and prayed for each other. And God brought us through intact. In fact, we're stronger than we've ever been. And the power of God in the services are stronger than they've ever been. To God be the glory. Therefore you shall have wars. It's time we get our act. This is our prayer. I'm sorry, uh, Psalms 13, verse 3. First of all, in the Passion. Come on, make this a prayer. Take a good look at me, Yahweh my God, and answer me. Breathe your life into my spirit. Isn't that what I said? Bring light to my eyes in this pitch black darkness. Does this sound like a good prayer? 
or I will sleep the sleep of death. Don't let my enemy proclaim I've prevailed over him. For all my adversaries will celebrate when I fall. Mm. Verse 5 and 6. I have always trusted in your kindness, so answer me. I will spin in a circle of joy. That's where the helicopters came from. It's good to have Bible for what you do. When your salvation lifts me up, I will sing my song of joy to you, Yahweh. For in all of this, you have strengthened my soul. My enemies say that I have no Savior, but I know I have one in you. Look, that's in the Passion Translation. Look at this in the New Living, the New Living Translation. Turn and answer me, O Lord my God. Restore the sparkle to my eyes. I like that. Or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat, saying we have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. Father, oh, Father. Father, we need you. We need you. Sometimes it can be said the battle is in the mind. In this day and in this age, we're living in a time where we're not living in a Christian culture anymore. And everything we hear and everything we say is so much anti-Christian. If we're not careful, we'll fall for it. If we're not careful, we'll let it have its way in us. And we'll begin to compromise. And we'll begin to give up. And we'll lose our oil in these last days. Because it's only those that are loyal. (laughs) It's only those that are loyal that will make the rapture. Oh, God, help us in these last days. You see, most of us have grown up in a cultured, unless you're really young, you grew up in a church culture. And that was, in a way, affirming. But now everything's pivoted against us, and we live in a very different world, a different world world of words, and the enemy is trying to wear us out with words. Oh, God. But we have the Word. That's why you need to stay in the Word. If it says it, believe it. Stand on it. 
Never compromise it. It's not just what you've been taught. You need to just get in the Word. And don't let the words of the enemy that are bombarding us. You can turn off the TV, but you see it on the billboards. I mean, their, their little woke messages are literally in every television show now. They have an agenda to change the culture and kill the church. It's the agenda. Come on. There's no tinfoil hat conspiracy. You know what I'm talking about. It starts in the schools, universities. Now it's in the business. It's in the business world. It's in the military. And they're trying to change it. They're trying to wake us up, but what they're really doing is killing us. It's time the church get woke. <laughs> it's time the church wakes up. It's waking up all over the world. Why not America? But I think the more the enemy attacks, the more we're going to wake up. There may be a great falling away coming. We may already be experiencing the beginning of it. I don't know. I'm not prophesying that. But I'm here to tell you, as they fall away, the rest of us are waking up. When you prune the, prune the, the branch, it, the rest of it becomes all the stronger. We need to pray this morning. Jesus, help me now. Father. I tell you, the enemy does not like this message. Awaken us, awaken us. So, the battle's in the mind. I believe a lot of the headaches and migraines and all that stuff and just confusion and Depression and just just lost in our thinking. It's a trick of the enemy, and it's going to be rebuked. I rebuke it this morning, in the name of Jesus. And for those of you that could say, Pastor, the battle has been in my mind lately. Maybe it's maybe it's just depression or discouragement, or you can't sleep at night. We've had a special anointing for that, and if that's you, let me know. Headaches, migraines, all that stuff. In the powerful name of Jesus. Romans 12.1 says, be renewed in your mind. Wow. I'm going to pray for an anointing that will come on you that will renew your mind, that will get you away from the thinking mm, that's confusing you or depressing you or causing pain. 
And in the name of Jesus, that's going to be gone and replaced with that scripture from Philippians. Think on these things. Woo! You need to find that and read that over and over and begin to do that. If that's you, get out of your seat real quick right now. And we're going to pray quickly for you. It will not take long. Let's believe God for this right now in the name of Jesus. Communion tables are open. Come receive in the name of Jesus.